The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's not yours. This church ain't mine. It's not my car I'm driving. It's God's. The problem with many of us is that we feel like this was ours. I earned this. I went to work. But who gave you the activity of your limbs? And who blessed you to be able to move to that city? And who allowed you to be able to go to that place to learn that skill, to then be mentored by that person, to be able to even stand in that position with some level of competency? It was the Lord who made a way. This is the thing that I counsel more people about about how they deal with like have you ever been in a position where God told you to do something but a decision you made in a different season kept you trapped to that season have you and I'm just trying to help you like what if God says go and you say but I just bought <laughs> what if God says give that away but your identity is attached to giving that away what happens, and I'm just telling you right now that when I got the truths that God is going to present to you through this series, it transformed my life. I went from existing to living a, everybody say, blessed life. And that's what we want for you in this series. So last week, if you haven't watched it, you need to go back and watch it. Over 200,000 of you have watched it, and that gets me so excited because the potential in seven days to change the culture of your life when you do things a kingdom way. Somebody say the kingdom way. When you do it the kingdom way, it changes everything. And last week, we made a decision. We're not going to be paper chasers. We're going to be purpose chasers. If you're going to be a purpose chaser, I need you to put purpose chaser in the comment right now. If you're going to be a purpose chaser, I need you to make some noise in the room. Listen. The reason why this is so important is because of this simple truth, and I need you to write it down, and I'm going to say it probably every Sunday. The paper without purpose is pointless. There are tons of people I know that have tons of paper, and they're void of purpose. And so when they look at their account, and they look at their fulfillment, something is in the negative. What does it look like for you to have positive accounts and negative fulfillment? The paper without purpose is what? Pointless. And that's why culture tells you that's what we're supposed to go after, the paper. But the Bible tells us we're supposed to go after purpose, to seek first the kingdom and right standing and everything else will be added. And that's why we have to divorce. And I'm just asking you, I'm begging you, just at least for the next four weeks, would you divorce what your uncle told you about money? What, what, what school taught you about money? Because they don't teach you much about it. Could you divorce what, what, what rap stars and, and, and people who are um, social media um, um, success story? Could you divorce all of these self-help programs and books that you have applied to? And all, could you divorce it for a second? And can we make the word of God the standard for how we look at generosity and stewardship just for four weeks? And maybe if you would open your heart for the next four weeks to look at it, it could change the generational cycles of poverty and change the generational cycles of selfishness. Because we either have one of the two. And God wants you to live a, everybody say with me, blessed life. Okay, I got to get to the word because some people don't understand that God has standards, man has suggestions. God has <laughs> and man has what? There's a standard God wants us to live to when it comes to this thing about handling resources. But we have many times settled for the suggestions of men who didn't create these things. God has principles. Man has opinions. God has a supreme strategy. And man has strongholds. What's a stronghold, Pastor Mike? I just heard my big mama say that when we was in the Kojic church. She said, I'm breaking every stronghold. Like, that's a churchy word, but it has a very practical meaning. A stronghold is a mindset or a pattern. Because this is going to help you understand why some things are hard for you to do and why some things are, are, are easy for you to do. Because there are areas in your life that there is a, everybody say, stronghold. 
I, I broke it down to this. A stronghold is anything that attempts to redefine anything that God has already defined or manufactured. So when God says there's a way that you do marriage, but then you watch reality TV, and for the past decade, you've been forming the ideal woman in your mind based off of things that aren't real. Now when God brings the woman of God into your life that you're supposed to be with, you don't know if you can settle down and you're talking to your bros like, bro, I don't know if she's everything that I'm supposed to be. You're supposed to help cultivate her into the things that God has called her to be because you're supposed to be an addition to, the, let me stop, to the relationship. You're not going to roll up on the finished product. God never gives finished products in relationships. He gives raw materials. I'm preaching right now. And somebody needs to understand that what you're fighting is not the person. You're fighting a stronghold. The reason it's been so hard for you to give and to tithe is because you're fighting a stronghold, a mindset, a something that your parents gave you, something that your cousin gave you, something that TV gave you, something that Shark Tank gave you, that you were trying to now work against. But it took you decades to build up a stronghold. And it's going to take us at least four weeks to tear it down. The reason I'm doing this series and the reason why God wouldn't let me preach it is because I was still working through my stronghold. Nobody talk like this no more, Charles. They want everybody to think. But you know, a stronghold applies to every area of your life. And some of us have had mindsets and thought patterns and ideas. I'm feeling old and churchy today. I'm here to tear down the stronghold of financial poverty. I'm here to tear down the stronghold of financial greed. I'm here to tear down the stronghold of selfishness. Do you know how much spiritual opposition there has been this morning trying to get this word to you? Because the thing the enemy would love more than anything is to allow the truth to be presented to you and you leave it on the plate. The thing about taking kids to expensive restaurants is that the filet mignon that you put on the plate may be there after the dinner is over because their palate is not used to that level of eating. <laughs> and what we found with our kids is sometimes we have to pack chicken nuggets. at the $130 a plate restaurant until their palate becomes mature. This paper chaser series is going to mature your spiritual palate so that the things that God has in your purpose, how are you gonna be claiming purpose chaser but you can't handle the paper? It is not that the purpose is supposed to come without paper. It takes paper to do purpose. There is nothing great you've ever seen that was done for free. God has no problem with paper. He just has to make sure he's the priority. And that's why in this blessed life series called Paper Chasers, I'm ministering from everything that I've experienced I'm telling you who I was that's why I'm so passionate that's why five minutes into this I was chasing the paper I was chasing the connections I was going after the next the big and God said that you got that from somebody else can I be honest real honest do you know one of the most culturally shaping things for strongholds in my life was MTV Cribs now, I know people don't break it down that simple. I used to watch MTV Cribs all the time and watch how these people did money. And episode after episode, there was a stronghold being formed in my mind that if I was successful, this is what it had to look like. 
and I had to have babes in a jacuzzi, and I had, and I had to have a house where I forgot how many bathrooms and how many, and y'all gonna be fake and act like I'm the only one that's allowed something from pop culture to form my mentality of what success looks like. You may have had a big homie on the block, or you may have had a CEO family friend at the country club. I don't care where it is, but if you did not get the principles from the word of God, let me help you, it's wrong. They're going to be mad at me, but I'm coming to tear down the stronghold. Write this down. Paper chasers live for passions, but purpose chasers live from principles. If you're a paper chaser, you're just following your passions. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to have that, and then I want to go there, and then I want to do this. But if you're a purpose chaser, you live from principles. Can we be honest? What were your passions 10 years ago? For most of us, they're not the same passions we have today. Because passions are fleeting. I have a passion this year that I won't have two years from now. I, I want to go with the passion, which many times translates, I want to go with the trend. Uh-oh. I'm going to get in trouble right now. I, I want to go with what they're doing. And God says, if you're going to be a purpose chaser, you have to value principles over passions. Guess what I was passionate about when I was 10? Yo-yos and pogs. Y'all remember pogs? Some of y'all was like, I don't even know what that is. But they're like little coin type of things, and you had them in this thing. Some of y'all getting on Google right now. You used to play a game. And, like, and then I'd love yo-yos. And then when they start having to light up yo-yos and walk the dog and rock the cradle, some of y'all too young for that. You don't know nothing about that. But your boy used to be rocking the cradle. And <laughs> now watch. I can't remember the last time that I even thought about that. But in a season of my life, that was my passion. It's where all my money went to. Oh, my God. It's where my allowance went to. It's what I associated with people um, with and for. It was my passion. But I can't think about too many principles that I had when I was 10. And the problem is the things that outlast passion is principles. And even some of the things that are negative in your life, the reason they keep showing up relationship after relationship is because there's a principle that you have formed. I'll never be alone. That's your principle. Your principle. I can't be alone for two months. Because you formed that principle at 15. The passion has been Ricky, the passion has been Ronaldo, the passion has been Raekwon, and the passion has been Richard. But your principle has outlasted every one of your passions. Yikes. I'm trying to get you to value passion less. I'm not saying you don't have passion. I'm saying it's not as powerful as the principles you live by. And so many people, I want to be a purpose chaser. That means you have to be a principle keeper. Purpose chaser, principle keeper. And in God's word, he lays out the whole thing for all of humanity. A hundred years ago, none of us was here, but his principles were. Two hundred years ago, none of us were here, but his principles. That's why the scriptures say that the grass withers. And the flowers fade, but his word or his principles last If we get these principles of the blessed life, of living with stewardship and generosities, this is something I can pass on to my kids. How many times do your parents pass on passions? A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. What people try to do is pass on their passions, and the only thing that sticks is your principles. I got I to gotta get off of this. Just, just, just know, write it down in a point. Principles are more powerful than passions. Like the, the principle of covenant in marriage is more powerful than the passion of a one night stand. Do, do y'all see what I'm saying? Like, yes, it's real. Yes, I feel it. Yes, I'm passionate about it. But we got to value, everybody shot at me, principles. 
Can I have an honest conversation with you right now? I have a bunch of principles I need to share with you today, and I'm scared. I'm scared that you don't have the ability to receive the principles and actually value them. I told Pastor Charles before I came out here, I said, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to share. But I'm not sure that it's going to go into good ground and be received. And then I was, I was going through my head in the Bible, and I was like, is there anywhere that it talks about? Because I know the principles I got to share with you, they're good. These are good. Ain't nothing wrong with the principle. Ain't nothing wrong with the seed that I'm about to give you. I just don't know if it'll actually have the impact on your life. And then I went to the Bible in Mark chapter 4. And in Mark chapter 4, there's these parables talking about seed and soil. And the soil of your life has to be ready to receive the seed of God's word. I'm going to say it again. The soil of your life. Everybody say, my life has a soil. And my question to you is, are you ready to receive the principles or the seed of God's word? So I thought today what we would do is I, I thought we would survey the soil. Survey the soil of your heart. Because I'm about to share these principles, but four different responses are going to come from the same seed. I'm going to put out the seed. But your soil is going to determine what grows. And what most people aren't aware of is that you are sitting next to somebody who will have a different harvest because they have different soil. And if you didn't know that, that's why you ever been in church and be like, why it happened for them? And then why it happened for them? And why it didn't happen for them? And why it's because the same seed fell on different soil. Oh, this is about to be good. Okay. So... So I need to tell you, according to Mark chapter 4, that there are four types of soil of the heart. It says, um, verse 14, let's start there. This is Jesus talking. He says, the farmer plants a seed by taking God's word to others. So what I'm doing right now is I'm taking the principles of God's word and I'm trying to give them to you right now. And he's painting this picture, verse 15. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message. So everybody right now is hearing this message, but this person, only they hear it and Satan comes at once. Another translation says immediately and takes away the seed that was sown. Pastor Mike is trying to sow a seed in your life that tells you how to handle finances. And just as quick as it goes in today, before... This service is over. There'll be an Instagram ad that comes up on your phone and steals the seed that God was trying to give you. And next week you'll come and there'll be another seed. But there's nothing here and just as fast as it is deposited. And this has been the pattern of many of you spiritual life. January 2019. I'm going to be released. Nope. January 2020. It's time to get stronger. Uh, you're going to be weak. Oh my goodness. January 2021. This one is for me. I'm going to be anchored. As soon as you get it. He comes to steal it. What I'm telling you is that if you're in this place, if this is the soil... You have a vacant soil. The soil of your life is vacant. And what you need to understand is God wants to fill you up because there's nothing there now. It's okay. If you're in this place in your life right now, I want you to understand that God loves you. He sees you, and his grace sent me in a hot pink vest <laughs> to let you know there is another way 
to be able to get fruit out of your life than living empty. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, some of y'all sitting real still right now. Because the truth of the matter is, no matter what I say, it's empty. Not because of the seed, because of the do you know when people be like, I didn't get nothing out of that message? It wasn't the person who preached. As long as they were preaching the word, as long as they had Jesus in the middle of it, it doesn't matter if it was monotone and dry. It doesn't matter if it was done in comedy. It was sung as long as there was a good seed. There can be fruit. My question to you, is it the seed or is it the soil? I tell people all the time, I can get anything from anywhere. As long as it's good seed, I'm good soil. Somebody say, I'm good soil. Some of y'all just lied because listen to the rest of this real quick. Some of us have vacant soil. Verse 16, there was another seed that fell on rocky soil. And this represents those who hear the message. And immediately they receive it with joy. I get it. I'm going to be a purpose chaser. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have, watch this, problems or are persecuted by family members, people on Instagram, people that don't think it's real for believing God's word. For some of y'all, all it takes is one post and you out of here. One person says something, tithing ain't real, and you have lost everything because you are still in the shallow. God said, you got the word, you believe it, but there's not enough for it to really get under and have any roots. And so as soon as somebody talks about you, and as soon as somebody comes to say that they don't believe this, or you know, Pastor Michael, false prophet, I made a YouTube video about it. As soon as somebody does that, you weren't anchored enough. Oh. You weren't far enough in the deep to be able to handle a conviction that came with criticism. Ooh. You can really be able to understand if you are maturing is when your conviction offends somebody and you can handle the criticism and still love them and still give to them and still pray for them. I'm trying to mature somebody and transformation nation today. Oh, you thought this was just about money. No, it's about your life. Because until God can plant seeds on good soil, the enemy keeps coming to rob you. And I got principles to share. I want to share them with you, but I just don't want them to get snagged. I don't want this to be your Sunday religious activity and not be transformative to the generations that are coming after you. All I'm asking you to do today is survey your soil. Somebody say, I'm going to survey my soil. So one of them had vacant soil, but this one, watch this, they had vulnerable soil. There's something here. You, you got a couple scriptures, you know, you know, you, you gave a couple times, you did it, but when God sows the seed, your seed is vulnerable. And that's why so many of us have to watch the circle wheel around. Because God will speak something to you, and because you don't have deep roots, they don't add dirt to it. They, uh, they pick it up out of you and say, there's no way that can happen for you. And there's nobody that's ever done that. Baby, I serve a God who sir, uh, that does the impossible. With man, it might be impossible. With my God, nothing. You better check your circle. When I'm talking about people who are purpose chasing, don't come to me with that weak, sorry, vulnerable talk. Come to me with that crazy faith talk. Come to me with that I'll go to the bank with you talk. Uh, come with me with I'll circle the neighborhood and you pray on that block and I'll pray. On When we started believing God for this building, I didn't tell everybody. Because I knew that everybody didn't have deep enough faith to believe with me. 
as soon as God would give me the word because of your vulnerable soil, you'd be trying to pick up what God was trying to plant in. So I got with people who were heavy hitters. I got with Bishop and Pastor Debbie and my mom and, and, and Bree and Charles and my wife. And I said, y'all, I need y'all to believe with me that we're going to be able to do it. And do you know what they said? Well, if God's going to do it, it would have to be him. It's, it's, it's going to have to be him. It'll be for his glory. And when you get people around you who have seen God's faithfulness, the seed can go in, and it doesn't even make sense. But because you have protected that seed and it's not vulnerable, you can see everybody shout at me, fruit. fruit. Remember what we said last week is that we don't focus on money. Money should be the fruit. And that's why I'm trying to figure out what kind of soil am I, am I planting this seed on? What kind of soil? Are you today? Let's just survey the soil. Some people have vacant soil. Other people have vulnerable so soil. But look at verse 18. It said, the, sh the seed that fell on the thorns represented, this one is crazy, others who hear God's word. So you on this live stream right now, you're watching on the rebroadcast. All these people heard the message. We're not talking about people who not listening. We're talking to people who are hearing God's word. Okay, be, be clear. But all too quickly. Mm. No, no, no. I want to go down to verse 20. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Where am I at? Verse 18. The seed fell among thorns and represented others who heard God's word. Verse 19. But all too quickly, the message is, watch this, crowded out by the worries of this life. It's not even bad stuff. It's just a lot of stuff. What happens when what you're doing ain't bad, it's just too much? You ever heard somebody be like, you're doing too much? What if I came to the body of Christ to say that God has been planting good principles and good word and good seed, and the reason it's not producing fruit is because you're doing too much. You ever had a friend that just do too much? Like, be quiet, sit down, don't wear that. You're doing too much. I came to tell you spiritually that some of the seed that God is trying to plant on your life right now is not because you're a bad person and you're doing the wrong things. It's because it's been choked out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth or the spirit of mammon, and the desires for other things. The thing you got is enough, but you're desiring something else. So this is the saddest part about it. So no fruit is produced. That's what it says. Because you heard God's word, but the worries of life, the lure of wealth, the desires for other things means you don't produce fruit. So the same thing. God wants to put... Where, where in the world can I even get this in? Is it between the new coming to America too? Or is it after the bachelor? Can I get this word in? Can I, can I get it in uh, between seasons of the mass singer? Or can I? I really got a word. And if you get close up on this, it says there's thorns. <laughs> so the seed that God <laughs> tries to plant in these people's lives who are doing too much, <laughs> it's not that it's just vacant. Are vulnerable these seeds I love it these seeds because it, it, it hurts right here it, it's something that if I tried too much I'm gonna actually not just not this can I say it like this this is what a lot of your leaders feel like it's dangerous to plant anything in you You're doing so much that when they try to plant in you principles that will help you be a better man or a better woman, principles that will help you, they end up getting hurt because you're doing too much. And then you leave saying, they didn't want to invest in me. We tried and we have scars to prove it. 
And that's why you go from business to business, church to church. I'm trying to give you principles right now. I know you're not going to like me, but a lot of people right now are done with you because you've hurt them. Because all they were trying to do was give you seed, but your soil. It wasn't the seed. It wasn't the church. It wasn't the business. It was the soil. And what happens is you don't just have vacant soil or vulnerable soil. You have violating soil. When people try to plant in you, you violate them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not late. We have surveillance. Like we got, what are you, what are you talking about? We, one of the greatest problems with my generation is we're not self-aware. That somebody can tell you something and you will go after them for trying to give you principles that will help you do what God's called you to do. You want to be a purpose chaser? You better make sure your soil's right. Because God will bring people in your life to help you. But will they leave bleeding? I got to leave that alone. It has now taken this seed and buried it. And some people think a planting and a burying are, are, are devastating. But this is the place where God develops the thing. The reason I had to get this revelation and then wait six years to be able to give it to you like this is because the seed went in 2015. But 2016, 17, 18, and 19, I was growing roots. And what God has done now is allow me to walk in a place that what is coming out of me, what you see is just the fruit of the seeds that have been planted a long time ago. And what I'm believing for your life is that these principles of God's word on generosity and stewardship would go into good soil. Somebody say, I'm good soil. I'm good soil. Say it like you mean it. I'm good, soil. I'm good soil. Say it one more time with faith. Say, I'm good, I'm good soil. If you're good soil, then it goes in and it produces fruit. 30, 60, 100 fold. I'm believing by faith. By this time next year, as you begin to apply these principles, you will have never seen the hand of God on your life and your hands like you're about to see him right now because you're allowing the principles of God's word. Somebody needs to lift your hands and receive this right now. I'm prophesying over somebody right now. You're like, what is he doing? I'm speaking over your destiny and I'm believing that as you stick in this series and you value the principles of God over the principles of man, that God is going to allow you to be able to experience a new level of living a blessed life. Not just a blessed wallet, but a blessed life, a blessed marriage, a blessed business, a blessed family. Ooh, I feel this thing. God is going to allow you to be blessed, to be a blessing. When you walk in, blessing just showed up. When you come into the room, blessing follows you everywhere that you go. If you believe it, somebody give God a shout of praise. I feel this thing, the blessing of the Lord is going to make us rich and add no sorrow. It's not because of the seed. It's because of the soil. That, that means good soil is valuable soil. So I don't want vacant soil. I don't want soil that is vulnerable. I don't want soil that violates me and violates others. I want valuable soil. And can I say it like this? The seed is always subject to the soil. So from now on, when something doesn't work in your life, don't evaluate the seed. First check the soil. How are they advancing in the company and you're at the same place? You're in the same meetings. Uh, you got the same handbook. <laughs> you, you work the same hours. It ain't the seed. What is it? It's the, ooh, that's enough. Somebody about to go home and be like, 
dang, I've been in 17 relationships. It must be me. Yes, baby. It's you. It's the soil. You're insecure. You're jealous. You don't like him. Okay, let me stop. It ain't the seed. See, people call this, um, this, this pl- passage of scripture, a lot of times they call it the parable of the sower. And then others call it the parable of the seed. But it honestly is the parable of the soil. And I just got one question. Has your seed been sabotaged? By the soil. And can I be very clear? Because I'm like, okay, what is the soil? The soil is your heart. It's not this big, like your heart is either vacant, it's vulnerable, it's violated, or it's valuable. Well, talk about the money, Pastor Mike. I'm talking about it right now. Like, like, like that's why the Bible tells us Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart. It didn't say guard your phone. <laughs> Some of y'all guard that with your life. Anybody try to use your phone, they can't see it because you're acting a fool on it. But guard your heart, not your checkbook. I mean, it could have said guard your witches, guard your wealth. It says guard your heart above everything else. Above everything you do, guard your heart above all else for it, out of it, determines the course of your entire life. If there's one thing you want to get right, it's the soil of your heart. Because out of the soil of your heart, everything comes from that. If you're a mean person, it started in the heart. If you're a selfish person, it started in the heart. If you're a perverted person, it started in the heart. Whoever you are, you can find its origination in your heart. And that's why I have to talk about generosity and stewardship because many people are teaching give to get. And that is not the word of God. At Transformation Church, we decided that we will teach give to give. We don't give to get, we give to give. And these truths in this book and in this series, I I said this book because I need some of y'all to buy the blessed life. I don't get not a royalty, nothing from this. But reading this book by Pastor Robert Morris transformed my life. The principles in here is what I'm teaching you with a little sauce on it right now. You need to read this book because it has the chance to change your marriage, change your health, change your family change your life and let you live a blessed life can I take you into God's word are y'all ready for the principle yet okay Matthew chapter 7 verse um, let's go chapter 7 verse 1 it says judge not that you be not judged for with the judgment you judge you will be judged and with the measure you used it will be measured back to you. Let me ask you one simple question. Is the word money mentioned anywhere in that verse? Did y'all see money in there at all? Okay. The context of this is judging. So say this with me, everybody in here, everybody at home, say judge not and you will not be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now I need to, now, now I need you to say it with your chest. Okay. Say judge not and you will not be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now look at Luke 6, 37, first verse and the end of verse 38. It says, judge not and you will not be judged. Yeah, no, y'all don't have to say it with me. I know some of y'all said it. This is me now. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will it be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this may shock you, but the word money does not appear anywhere in Luke 6.38. But most of the time when you hear this verse is at offering time. Give. Hey, y'all about she terrible. And it will be given back to you. Ha! Good measure. Pressed down, yeah, shaking together, Harlem shaking together, running over, running over. Well, men, put it in your lap, put it in my lap, big daddy. And it's crazy, I've heard that all my life, and I've even done it sometime when I didn't have a revelation. 
But this is not about money at all. And that's the trick of the enemy. That anytime you hear the word give, you think negatively because you think people want your money. Right now, anytime you hear, hey, will you give you first thing you think? Money. And this is especially in church. I was one time listening to a pastor and he did a magazine interview and somebody asked him, he said, how often do you talk about giving? And he said, how often do I talk about giving? I talk about giving every Sunday. And the reporter was like, you talk about giving every Sunday? He said, yes. He said, what I think you meant to ask me is how much do I talk about giving money? Because giving, you can't talk about the Bible without talking about giving. For God so loved the world that he, it's the theme of the Bible. You can't have a successful marriage if you don't have two people that are willing to give. This is the primary theme of the Bible. And you have to understand that it's not just about finances. It's about the principle of giving. Did the light bill in heaven get too high? Did they run out of gold to pave the streets with? I truly believe, and I'm convinced of it of every part of my life, the only reason God created giving was to give us an opportunity to be like him. You missed it. You want to be like God? You want to do the things that God does? You want to be people who actually make a difference in people's lives? Give. Give to people who don't deserve it. Give to the homeless man on the street. Well, I know he out there hustling because I know some of y'all. He hustling. He made more money than I do. If you give with the right heart, it doesn't matter what he does with it. If you gave it trying to meet the need, God didn't judge your harvest on your. God didn't judge your harvest on what they did with it when it was in their hand. He judges your harvest on what you did with the seed he gave you. Ooh, that's good Bible right there. How do you think God feels when everybody is giving, hoping they'll get something back? He said, they're not, they're not acting like me. That's, that's gambling. Give a hundred. Get back a thousand. Everybody does that. That doesn't take faith to live like that. That's chance. And God says, they're getting the revelation of getting, not giving. God wants us to get the revelation of giving, but we have to deal with the selfish heart. Now, ladies, come close, okay? There's one area of selfishness that every man is never going to go out of, and I think I should let you in. We don't want to share our food. I, I should be hearing some amens from the men. And we asked you at the drive-thru, did you want some fries? And what did you say to me? I think maybe this is just me. No, I don't want none. Five minutes later, you asking for some of my fries. Baby, I'll buy you two fries for yourself, but you ain't getting none of mine. And the fries at the bottom of the bag, they mine too. I feel the spirit of God coming over me right now. We need to deal with the selfish heart. Maybe that was just for me. Okay. Um, we got to deal with the selfish heart. Number two, we have to deal with the grieving heart. So it's not just enough to deal with the selfish heart. We got to deal with the grieving heart. Deuteronomy 15, 10. You shall surely give to Jerome and your heart should not be grieved. I don't know if your name is Jerome and you ever watch these services. I'm sorry, but that's always the name that comes to me. You shall surely give to Romy Rome and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing that's giving with the right heart, the Lord your God will bless you in, watch this, all your works. Hold on. If I give with the right heart, everything I touch works. If I give with the right heart, everything I do works. And in all which you put your hands. Like, I need everybody to understand that this principle works if you believe in God or not. Uh-oh. If you go check Oprah's giving records, Bill Gates' giving records... Elon Musk giving records. They're not giving to the kingdom of God. 
but somehow they've adopted the principles knowing that they cannot just amass it all. But there is a principle of reciprocity that when I start giving, it comes back to me in a different way. The problem is when they get to heaven, many of them, it'll still all be pointless. Because they didn't do it with purpose. Can I say it to you like this? Selfishness attacks us before we give, but grief tries to attack us after we give. Have you ever given something or made a commitment or, or, or said you were going to bless somebody and then right when you do it, your washer break? Like right when you say it, your tire bust. Right when you say it, that is the enemy trying to convince you. That don't work. The principles of God don't work. And even as I'm sitting here teaching this, I'm thinking I'm going um, to lunch after this and I don't actually have any money to feed my daughters. My daughters are here and they want some food and, and I don't actually have any money. What's up, Charlie? What's up, bro? You got me? A hundred? Bro, I can actually go to Cheesecake Factory or something with a hundred. Thank you, Lord. Now, why was Charles so quick? to get up and give me this hundred dollars. It's because I gave it to him before service. <laughs> it's easy not to grieve when you remember where it came from. The problem with many of us is that we feel like this was ours. I earned this. I went to work. But who gave you the activity of your limbs? And who blessed you to be able to move to that city? And who allowed you to be able to go to that place to learn that skill, to then be mentored by that person, to be able to even stand in that position with some level of competency? It was the Lord who made a way. But somewhere along the way, we thought it was our wit our smarts, our knowledge, and you only grieve what you thought was yours. I'm teaching so good up here. Who told you this before? Who's shown you the principles of God that work in your life? And it's so easy. Charles, come back here. It's so easy for me to trust Charles with this. And this is, this is real life example. My man came to me needing a real need met. How long ago was that? Two weeks ago. And because I adopted the principles. Now, we live a real life. Like me and Charlie, this is, this is not, oh, he's the pastor and he works. Like, this is for real. And he told me what he needed. I called my wife and I said, babe, we came into a little extra. And my brother, it's this exact, I'm realizing it at this moment. It's this exact scripture lived out. Yeah. And I told them, I said, hey, bro, I'm going to lend you this money, trying to da-da-da-da-da-da, as long as you can have me pay back by da-da-da. And then I told you, I said, never mind. Pay me back whenever mm. yep. you can. Yep. Talk to Abby. Yeah. Figure out what needs to happen. Yeah. And the reason I'm sharing this transparently yeah. is because I'm recognizing in this moment. Wow. Come on. That's good. This is transformation yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. need, so I just need you to understand it's yeah, happening yeah. before. Like, you ever yeah. seen a butterfly come out of a cocoon? Like, this is come what's on, happening yeah, yeah, right yeah. now for me. Yeah. I'm realizing at this moment, since the moment I gave you that cashier's check, I have not thought about that money wow. again. Wow. Wow. I've not thought about uh, yeah. getting it back. Yeah, yeah. I've not thought of, because the motive of giving it. Yep, yep wasn't to receive it back from the place That's I got so it. Good. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, some of y'all yeah. think that the place you give is the place you receive from. But when I give, I'm giving as unto the Lord. And wherever God decides to bless me from, I may be giving over here, but he's working something out for MJ over here. I may be sowing right here, but he's causing provision to come. You may not be able to see where it's coming from, but when I sow with the right heart, when I'm not grieving, God got every way he wants to, to get it back to me. Somebody needs to give God some praise right there. That's why Psalms 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's not yours. This church ain't mine. It's not my car I'm driving. It's God's. And some of you are like, no, Pastor Mike, I have documents that tell me right now that the deed to my house is mine. Okay, baby, if this is your reward, keep it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. If this is what you want, 
keep it. And God's saying, I have so much more for you. If I could just get access to your, everybody say heart. All right, let's keep going. Okay, we have to, to develop a, 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 a generous heart or grief. We have to get, excuse me, we have to get out of dealing with the selfish heart. And then we have to deal with the grieving heart. And then third one, we have to develop a generous heart. Okay, verse 14. It says, you shall supply Jerome liberally. A lot? You know, like when God tells us to do something, we try to do the bare minimum. Oh, y'all gonna just leave me out here, there, there, ain't nobody. Like God, okay, how much exactly did you say? No, $22? Okay, because I just want to make sure it wasn't 222 But it said, you shall supply liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, from your bank account, from your 401k, from your closet, from your shoe collection. Oh, is it making... Somebody, he really needs some new shoes. And y'all wear the same size. You've been clowning him for three months. But you wear the same size. It's not a hand issue. It's a heart issue. He said, supply him from your wine press. From what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. God wants us to be generous, not selfish. And this is the thing you have to know. You're born selfish, but you're born again generous. Anybody that's saved... It comes into you when you accept Jesus that you want to be generous. Now we have to break down the strongholds by the renewing of our Why do I take five weeks every year to talk about this? It's because many of you got saved last year, but we still got to break down the strongholds. Your eternity is secure, but your history is going to be jacked up if we don't get the strongholds down. And in the area of finances, stewardship, and generosity, I'll be bold enough. The truth is most pastors won't talk about this. Most people won't do this because they don't want anybody to think bad of them. The church doesn't need your money. Did y'all hear what I just said to y'all before this thing happened? God has blessed this church because we chose in the dark. I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. We're giving away half a million dollars over the next four weeks. We gave away a house 20, 30 minutes ago and paid somebody's salary for six months. And, and, and be heard that works with the homeless is in the building right now. And, and, and we've supplied them with living quarters and blank. Like this is not about us giving or getting something. It's about getting you something. And that means you're going to have to develop a generous heart. Honestly, we're like children. Like, what's the one thing you got to teach your kids? Share. Share. Hey, stop. Share. I got three and a half kids. I mean, y'all know I got three out the womb and then one finished baking. Now that you're a fine oven. Um, I love my wife, Fregnant. Um, but this is over. Um, I'm just having a lot of thoughts right now. I'm thinking about all my kids at this current moment and how many of them I have to teach this same principle. Share. My kids right now, they one playing with something and then the other one wants to play with them. It's like there is 500 things to play with in this house. Why y'all all playing with this same Thing. And then I'll be like, Ava, share. And then I'll be like, Bella, share. MJ, share. And I just have to keep telling them to share. Why does that come innate in them? Why didn't, why, why didn't they come built, already included, to be kind, and to share? It's because we're all born with a sin nature. You don't have to teach your kids to be selfish. You have to teach them to be generous. Oh, that sounds like God. You don't have to teach your kids to be selfish. We're already that. That's why Uncle Sam doesn't ask you, do you want to give your taxes? He takes them. Before you even see your check, the, the gross in the net is gross because he's about to rob you. Like it, it, He's going to take his and you just get the net. 
That's how I always feel like this is gross. And when I see it, what I actually make and what I actually get to keep, because they don't trust you. But the thing about God is it can't be love if there's not a choice. The reason why God doesn't make you give, because if he made you give, it wouldn't be love. It couldn't come from the heart. And so what he does is he says, I give you this choice. And still, we got to grow up. I, I literally have an image when I was preaching this a couple years ago that I found this week that I want to share with you of me trying to tell my daughter, Ava, to share. And she looks like me as an adult in different situations, and she may look like you. Check this video out real quick. Hey, share. Ava, are you saying that? Mine. No, you share. It's good to share. Do you understand me, Ava? Uh. Yeah. Are you gonna share? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> are you gonna share? <laughs> Ava, say share. That's my daughter. But doesn't that sound like some of us? God, share. Uh-uh. Share. <laughs> Are you going to share? <laughs> and it's cute because she's a kid. But after a while of that same behavior, if she doesn't, everybody say mature. I know that's a cuss word for some of y'all. If she doesn't mature and start acting like her father, the water that she had, she didn't pay for. The rubber ducky she was playing with, she didn't pay for the tub or the lights or the towel. But she still hadn't formed the principle of sharing. At some point, I would say, when are you going to grow up? And I think that's what God's challenging us in in this Paper Chaser series. I've blessed you. I've given you more than you deserve. I kept you. I'm blessing the works of your hands. Do you remember where you were five years ago and what I've done for you? Today, when are you going to grow up and be like your daddy who loved the world so much that he gave? And he gave on a maybe. There was no guarantee you were even going to believe him and receive what he had for you. We have to develop a generous heart. Last one. We need to develop a grateful heart. This one always hits me differently because Deuteronomy 15, 15, it says, you shall remember. Oh, this one always hits me right when I start to read it. You shall remember that you are a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this day, be generous. Give. Do more than others have done. Why would God say, I command you to give? What authority does he have to command us to give? It's because everything we have came from him. And sometimes if you have a hard time giving, and I say, where does the money reside? It resides in the heart. It's because you forgot what God delivered you from. This week, I remembered what God delivered me from. As I was going through some papers, there's this yellow piece of paper that I have, and it moves my release form from um, doing community service. And uh, many of you don't know this about your pastor. But I tell you every Sunday because I have nothing to hide. I'm humble, open, and transparent. I used to be a manipulator. I used to be conniving. I got in some trouble for car insurance fraud, and um, it was a felony, and I ended up being able to, by the grace of God, be able to serve community service and get it expunged. And uh, many of you didn't see me at my lowest point. If, if you saw me at that point, you would have canceled me. But God. And as I was looking at that paper and I remember picking up trash all over Tulsa, being a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor at the time I was doing community service. Bishop is here and Pastor Debbie, I had to get on the platform with my mom and Bishop and Helen Trowbridge and I had to tell the entire church what I did. See, a lot of us we make mistakes and we want God to erase the consequences. It didn't erase the consequence that I had. 
but I wasn't, and I didn't have to live in shame and guilt or condemnation. And I remembered what God did for me. And people say, Pastor Mike, it seems so easy for you to give. It ain't easy. It hurt every time. The first and the 15th, when my 10% comes out and then God tells me to give above and beyond that, it hurts so much that I just tell him, take it. Don't even, this is the amount. Just take it. It, it doesn't, it, it's not like it doesn't matter. I just live by a principle that's higher than my passions. And the reason it has become easier to give is because I'm grateful. I remember where I was when God found me. And he said, with the case, I'll use you. At my lowest moment, I was picking up trash downtown. And God said, people are going to hear this story all around the world. And it's going to bring me glory. And at the moment, I'm sitting there. I'm saying, God. How in the world? I was trying to save some paper and I lied about insurance. And he's like, but I'm going to use it for my purpose. It's not paper chasing anymore, Michael. It's purpose chasing. And as I get grateful on where God has brought me from, it changes how I deal with what's in my hand because I know who holds my heart. <laughs> 